Going back looking on how I see a little bit of me in all the men that God has put in, in front of me. I was looking at Have Mercy, how uh, the motorcycle and the club and the <laughs> the way he talked. That was me. <laughs> Nate, on how he was quiet. I was one of the quietest persons, but underneath was a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, overseer. Even in my anger, I always had a humble spirit. And I'm just looking at uh, 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 Fred on how he's, you're always ready to jump in there and do and not look for hand claps or anything. Just let me do what God has for me to do. And it's just, uh, 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 you just see what God is doing. And I, I always say that if he did this for me, imagine what he's going to do for y'all. So just keep hanging in there. Uh, God has a great plan for the men in, at Shabbat. And he said he can take a little and do a lot. And God's going to do a lot through us. So let's just continue to be the men of, that God has called each and every one of us to be. Hang in there. Amen. Is there anybody else? Okay. Let's go into our word and spend a little bit of time there. Um, I really all week spent some time asking God, you know, what should we talk about for Father's Day? And he kept bringing me back to this parable, but he didn't give me one direct um, message. So it's one of those types of things where we'll just go through the word and allow God to speak a father's love. He just gave it to me. Allow God to speak to you through his word um, as it pertains to fathers on Father's Day. And the passage of scripture that uh, he gave me, came from Luke 15. Uh, if you recall, that's a, a book that has three parables in it. And in that book, um, it deals with loss. But the last one, uh, as it deals with the prodigal son, it ends with Redemption, which is the epitome of love being taken back um, from a father's perspective. So on today, we're going to go through that passage, and I'm asking God to speak to you individually as a father and for mothers as a parent at whole. I believe that God's going to pull out a piece of word that 
will bless your socks off. So if you can go with me into the word believing, uh, I'm sure that God has a special word for you on today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we come to you asking God that you will open up our minds and remove our emotions. For God, we understand that many times our emotions control our responses. And God, we're coming because we desire to receive from you and we cancel out the interruptions or the hiccups that the enemy places to cause us not to hear your word. Father, I pray that you'll bless every life individually. We know that it's Father's Day in honor of fathers here on earth, but we honor you as well. We know that, Father. But God, we're asking that you will still give all of us a word. All of us are not fathers, but we want to hear from you. So God, we thank you in advance for how today's message, some way, somehow, is going to change our lives to make us better and to make us closer to you. So as we enter in, God, I ask that you will shut my mouth, shut my desires, shut my opinions, but allow you to speak to me through them and me, that I need to hear from you as we deal with this parable. In Jesus' name, uh, we pray. Amen. Let's go to Luke 15. I'm going to pull the scriptures up in front of me. Pastor, I wanted to say, Go ahead. I just wanted to say that I know it's God speaking. My whole scripture today was Luke 15, 20 through 24. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Luke 15. Let's go to verse, start at verse 11. And I'm just going to take my time and go through it. And speak to you in whichever way God gives me a uh, uh, word. And it says, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, give me my share of estate. In other words, the young man was going to his father in which he knew had something. Just waiting for someone to get still. It, it interrupts thinking and all that noise is coming. So you had a father, you had a son who saw in his father one who owned things or had things or could offer things. And the scripture says that the son went to his father and he was asking for his share of estate, but what he was asking for was his inheritance and he was asking for it before his father died. In other words, I want you to give me all of your stuff now while you're not dead. I think I, I want it now and I want you to share it with me and I want you to give it to me. And he came without recollection of thinking, am I taking things that are valuable from my father now. My father may need it now. He went to his father and said, hey, give me mine now. Anybody have any kids like that that wants to, you to give them everything now to make their life easy for them now? This is what this young man is doing. So he went to his dad. He said, dad, can you please give me my share? 
now. And the Bible says, as it the scriptures continue, it says, so he divided his property. Because remember, he had two sons. Yet one was not asking. He divided it evenly, which says we're dealing with a father not, that was not only common because he was father in flesh, but he was also honest. And the Bible says that he split it amongst his kids. So there was no favorite child over the next. This child, the children to him, was split evenly. Hmm. I think through that thought, God is telling us that there should not be a division in our love for our children. Hmm. In our actions, in our words, and in our deeds. We should love our children evenly just as Jesus loves us. It doesn't matter if one child has done more to you than the other. It doesn't matter if one child was more like you than the other. This father divided his property. Come on, God, speak to us, whoever it is for, speak to us. So it says he divided the property between them. 13 says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered. If you look up the word squandered, it meant wasted. The father really? gave him all of this and he was wasting his life. He bought things he shouldn't have been buying. He wasn't thinking about the future. Our kids are not going to always think like we have learned. Mm. Our kids are not going to always think like we have learned or like we have expected them to be or do. So the Bible says that he wasted his money. He was probably out drinking. He was probably out partying. He was probably out spending his money with his kids. We don't know, but we definitely don't. We do know that he was not preparing for his future. All he saw is I had all of these dead presidents in my hand and I could do whatever I want. And the Bible says as soon as he, when he got that money, he went away from. It says he went to a distant country. He separated himself from his source. Okay. And it lets us know that he wasted it. And if you continue the scripture, after it says uh, he went to a district, distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living, which tells us he was immature in his thinking. He had bad thinking habits. He was making bad choices. He was being irresponsible. He was being loose. He was being careless. He was being reckless. He was being foolish. Sometimes we'll have children, fathers, that are just that. They're just living their, in their mind their best life. Loose, not smart. Hmm. Can you continue reading? It says, number 14, we're talking about the son. It says, after he spent everything, not a little bit, 
says after he spent everything. That means he went bankrupt. His life decisions left him with nothing. There's adults today who are still in this particular ball game. They didn't think about putting money to the side. They didn't think about where their future was going to lead. They didn't think about uh, going to school and, and getting the job that was going to be pleasing to their desires. They didn't think about it. They didn't invest. And the, the scripture says this man was given his inheritance and he wasted it. And he spent every single dime. Tells you where his mindset was, wasn't it? Just keep going. Our children will do that. I mean, our children will go buy some clothes. I know mine will go buy makeup. <laughs> Everything gone. Okay. Let's keep going. Second part of 14. It says, then there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he had all of his money. He had a good life. His dad gave it to him. He went out and wasted it and lost everything. And now there's a famine in the whole country. There's COVID. People are losing their jobs. Things are happening. Doesn't the Bible say that there's a time for everything? Which it means at any time, anything can happen. And this man invested, our son, our children, invested in absolutely nothing. Sometimes our children will live an unthinkable and a foolish life. And they really do feel that it's okay. That doesn't mean that parents have not taught them. It simply means that they made this choice. Old folks used to say, man, our children, they just expect everything. They ain't got a pot to piss in. I done bought them everything that they want. I done bought them all their clothes and they still can't, can't, can't take time out to listen to what I want to instruct them. They can't listen to the wisdom that I'm trying to give them. It's not that we failed as parents. It's because they obtained their, a desire to not listen. Amen? They, 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 they refuse to accept. They'd rather live lies and just do all kind of craziness. Keep going. So there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. He made this choice not to invest. He made this choice not to have everything. And he said, how many, oh, let's go up. I'm reading the wrong scripture. He said, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. So here you have this young man who had everything, Wasted it in foolishness. Now he lost everything. So now I have to go work. And obviously his father was not in a broke position if he was able to give him inheritance. So now I have to go work away from home. 
alone due to the decisions that he made. And the truth be told, it's no one to blame. It's not daddy's fault. The truth was he, he could only blame himself. He couldn't blame others like so many of us do. I'm in this position because my daddy or my mama didn't do this. I'm in this position because such and such didn't know. Many times we're in the positions that we are, our children in the positions that they are is because of the choices that they made. Okay, so now he's in a position where I gotta go work. I have to place myself in someone else's hands so that I could bring money in because I wasted my own. Then the scripture says, so he went and he hired himself out to the citizens of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Hmm. I don't know if you know, but feeding pigs is a nasty job. It's a very nasty job. And he found himself doing things that he normally would not do because of his foolishness. Let me say that again. This son found himself doing normally doing things that he normally would not entertain because of his choices. We will find our children hanging around company that they normally wouldn't hang around. You might find them living in alternative life because now they have to, 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 to belittle themselves and accept whatever they can get to be wherever they want to be. They'll accept drugs, they'll accept alcohol, they'll accept games. When you don't have, you can become desperate and you can find yourself lowering your standards. Our children may find themselves lowering their standards living alternative plans and working for, let me tell you, if you ain't been around animals and I'm an animal person, I never wanted to admit it, but I knew I was. That's how I was raised from elementary. He belittled himself. Now he's feeding pigs. And if you know anything about pigs, pigs only pee where it's wet. Come on now. And when you go to feed them, you've got to walk across their slosh because not only do they pee where it's wet, they roll where it's wet. That's why they consider so nasty. So this man is now in a... And let me tell you, pigs are known for eating human carcasses. They're nasty animals. This is the only thing we know about pig is, 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 is to eat the chitlins and the, and the, and the ribs and, the, and, the, and all pig feet and all that. But baby, there's so much more that happens with that pig before you put it in your mouth. Oh, my Lord. So this man who had a dad that was able to give him inheritance, so he's living a pretty good life. Because of his foolishness, has now found himself having to deal with pigs because of their choices. Let's jump to number 16. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. Hmm. So now even the pigs food started to look good to him. <laughs> hmm. He was looking 
to eat what they ate because he was hungry. Hungry. He was looking to eat what he could afford, even though it's nasty because it was free. And we've heard people say we are what we eat. So he was looking to become nasty. He was looking to become as a pig. He was looking to do something he never would have entertained in the first place. We see that today. People will steal. People will lie. Oh, People yes. will sleep on the street. People will suffer. Our children sometimes will be in that position, not because something fathers did. It's because of their choices. This is word. So it says, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. Then it says, but no one gave him anything. Hmm. So now you have this son when nobody feeling sorry for him. You put yourself here. He wanted somebody to feel sorry for him, but nobody did. People are not going to care like you want them to. People should care, but they don't. So if you live in your life angry because somebody's not looking out for you, because somebody's not giving you, handing you out something, if your kids are angry because they've made choices, and God ain't led for you to give them more of your inheritance to go broke again. That was a good father. I don't know. Sometimes our kids act like we owe them something. Mm -hmm. Don't they? Bam. Number 17. This is a scripture that I like. This is the passage that I like. It says, when he came to his sin. So in other words, sometimes our children can get so beat down. They can lose so much by the choices that they make. They can find themselves hitting rock bottom. But that does not mean that they won't have a road to Damascus. That does not mean that they won't have a healing time. That does not mean that someday, one day, that they too have an opportunity to come to their senses. It does not mean that the way that they've done things in the past won't change. What it means is they can start living their lives according to someone else's prayer request changed from wild to tame from foolish to wise from nothing to morph to from accused to accept children can change and sometimes they've been doing it for so long speak to me Jesus they've been doing it for so long so long it's hard at times fathers to see them 
stand up. But this passage of scripture right here lets us know when he came to his senses. As parents, we have to open our eyes to be able to see those senses. If we're closed off, how can we see them? If we're so sure that there'll always be a failure, how will we see them? So when he came to his census, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am out here starving. He started recognizing the love of his father. <coughs> my daddy has all these servants and all of them are eating way better than me. And here I am starving to death. The one thing that I've learned that children don't forget is your love, daddy. And he began to recognize the gift of his parents. At that moment, he stopped blaming his father. He stopped putting his father down. Oh, while he's out there, he may have stopped lying on his father. He may have stopped trying to break his father down, trying to make himself look good to the people. He don't want people to look like he's down. He stopped that. Why? At that moment, there was a change, and he recognized that his love for his, that the father's love that he had for him to hand over his inheritance was a lie. Number 18. It says, I will set out and go back to my father. You see that? He said, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him. So just because our children are gone don't mean that they won't come back. Just because our children are out there does not mean that they won't come back. That was the moment that he began to recollect the sacrifice of his father. He began to recollect how his father gave up his inheritance. He can, I can imagine he remembered how his father worked so hard to save up that he remember not missing a meal. He remember not having to worry about a place to live. In his mind, he was going back to that love he once remembered. Then the scripture says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. There is a time to rekindle. There is a time to mend broken relationships. There is a time to make things right. There is a time for children to come back in appreciation. There's going to come a time if we stay on our knees, because I cannot imagine that father not praying. There's words that he used in the scripture that led me to believe that he was a praying father. Fathers do pray. Mothers are not the only ones that pray. 
Fathers pray too. And there's going to come a time where your prayers will not be ignored. Yet we must prepare ourselves to receive the answer. And sometimes it's hard when you've been totally disrespected. Totally put down. It's hard. Number 19 says. He said, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like your hired servant. So he got up and went to his father. Can you imagine him walking there? This is what I'm going to say to my dad when I get there. I'm going to say this over and over and over and over and over again because I want my, my dad to recognize and know that I was wrong. Sometimes in your life, you've got to recognize that you were wrong and your kids have to recognize that they were wrong. And look at the story, how he came back. He left. Oh, I got a bunch of money. I've got to go have me. I'm going to do my thing. Stay out of my life. I'm getting ready to go be me. Here he comes back humble. He recognized that his dad really was a good dad. He has servants, man. And his servants are eating. My dad was not such a bad guy after all. What is that? That's a spirit of repentance. Do you know that God will bless their desire over their words? Let me say that again. Over their works. He will bless their desire over their work. Because the son had a desire to be humble. Because he had a desire to go back to the gift that God has given him. Father. God blessed him with a desire. He didn't have time to work because when we get down in the, in, the, in the scripture, he didn't have to go back there and work for his dad and, and try to get his dad to trust him again. And he didn't have to do all that. It was his desire, his new attitude of humbleness, his new attitude of respect. That was going to bless him. It's not the work. It was the desire. Then it continues to say, but while he was still a long way off, he was still not uh, close enough. He was still not where he should have been. He was still in a part of his life that was not pleasing to God. It's uh, to his father. It says, but while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him. His father saw him while he was still on his journey. Still not all the right white. Isn't that how Jesus sees us? He sees us with where we're going and not where we're at. The father saw his son coming. 
And what I really like about parents is we can, we know when you change before you think we know. How is that? Because that's how God designed us. The scripture says, 21. So after he got there, he said, Father, I have sinned just like he practiced. I have sinned against you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Check this piece out right here. It says, but the father said to the servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandal him. Bring the fattest calf and kill it. Let him. Spirit of celebration. Notice how the father didn't give much attention to what he had just said. Father, I was no good. I'm back. Yeah, I'm not a deserving to call your son, but notice how dad didn't, didn't even put attention to that. He put attention to praise. <laughs> Love for his son was more important than revisiting. And I told you so, and you should have listened in the first place. He didn't rub his face in the ground. Not in his mind. Not in his spirit. He wasn't even thinking about it and pretending that everything was okay, looking for the right time to mention it. No. He threw his son's sin into the sea of forgetfulness, just like our father. And he immediately opened the door. Come on, father. He immediately opened the door of love. He had chose embracement over disappointment. <laughs> Just like Jesus. His father was viewing and watching what he had been praying for. Fathers keep on praying. <laughs> and let's see the devil put his foot in it. Let's go to 25. You know, he's always got to be in the middle of something. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called out one of the servants and asked, what in the world is going on? Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has been back safe and sound. 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. He said, but he answered his father, look, all these years, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your order. You have never given me a young goat so I could celebrate my friends. But when, when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill a fattened calf for him. Everybody's not going to accept you like a father would. That's what we got to know. Everybody is not going to accept their child as a father would. There are going to be people that's going to remember how you left. Just like Miriam, they'll put you outside the gate. They want to leave you there for seven days. But baby, they better be careful because when you return, they better make sure they treat you like Jesus would. There's so many of our children 
that are not like this prodigal son. They are too ashamed to mention that they were wrong. But a praying father opens a door of opportunity for a child to return totally repentant, totally changed, and totally renewed. And what I like about this father, just like many fathers, his arms were open to receive him with absolute love. And not anger. Didn't look down on him. Didn't put himself on a higher pedestal. I am the parent here. And you are the child here. And as when I grew up, this is how I was. And because you disrespected me, I'm going to treat you like my father did me. Never did that. The Bible said he received him and he celebrated him and he had a party and he sacrificed for his son. He was proud of who he had become. Didn't pay no attention to where he was. Let's go to number 31. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead <laughs> and is alive. He was lost and now he is found. Look how father took on his ministering duties right there. He began to minister even to his other son while he celebrated the other. You see that? Father was multitasking his love for his children. He was sharing just like he started at the beginning. He never changed. He divided the inheritance amongst the two. So what I'm saying, if you're a child today honoring daddy, if you're a father today waiting for your child to come back, if you're a father celebrating the children that you have, no matter where they're at, watch them from afar off like this father did. See that they can come back. See that they will come back. Young folks, pay attention and enjoy your fathers while you have them because not everybody has their fathers for so long. Somebody is going to celebrate your return. Fathers, have your arms opened up wide. Parents, I'm speaking to parents. Open up wide for, for when those children come back. Don't matter that they had you crying many nights. Doesn't matter that they disappointed you. Doesn't matter that they're not living the life that you dreamed of, that they would live. Doesn't matter that they made mistakes. What matters is that they come back. And that what matters is you continuously pull on them while you're on your knees, connecting Jesus over them. You may be standing in the gap for them. Notice how the father was there even after all of his mess. Mess does not mean doomed. It means opportunity. It means an open door. It means the epitome of love. Amen. Amen.
I turn it into your hands, Pastor Mahone. You look like you have a lot to say. Amen. I just thank God for your message this morning. It It's a message that relates. It's a good Father's Day message, but it's also a message that relates to each and every one of us in our everyday life. A prodigal son can be a mother that you're mad at. A prodigal son can be a friend, a coworker. It can be your boss on the job. It can be your neighbor that has crossed you or done something to you. And like you're saying, as children of God, we should be looking forward to that person coming back that we as ministering angels should be able to minister to that person, to welcome them back in, to throw our arms around them because there was somewhere I wrote it down how we're all like Bible saints. And you may not know it, but you may be the only Bible that somebody reads. How are people looking at you? Are we drawing people to us? Like that son thought of the good things that his father had done, the blessings that he had. It's people looking at you as a blessing that makes them want to come back to you. Even though they wronged you, do they long to be back in your company? Do we long to bring folks back to us or are they glad they're away from you? So we're that Bible that they're reading that example. So we're like that father in the story of the prodigal son. Are we looking for that person that's out there lost? Are we doing anything to bring them back? Or are we just leaving them out there? Are we like that shepherd that the one sheep is gone? Do we go and try to look for that person? Or we just say, well, we got 99, I'm gonna leave them out there. So a lot of this story, it exemplifies our lives, saints, and how we're living today. And if we're not living that life of the father, looking for that son to come back, we really need to take a look at ourselves, not at that son that's out there, but we need to look at ourselves. Are we living up to the example of the Father? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? You're muted, Fred. I see your lips moving. Okay, I'm unmuted now? Yes. Can you hear me now? Okay. I want to mention that <clears throat> this story to me is a story that the parable that Jesus is giving is actually Jesus telling us, all of us, men, women, children, not just sons, that we can stray, but he's not going to give up on us. And when he come, when we come back, he's going to 
celebrate us coming back. And then the son, the other son who was complaining about what he's doing is like the devil saying, hey, I want to cause some more havoc. Even though this, the, the brother's coming back and he's ready to be righteous and do God's will, the son is upset. And so what I'm getting from this story is that this is Jesus telling us in the parable how even if we are not right right now, that he's ready for us to get right and accept us back. Amen. And also like Pastor was saying, children will stray. Parents will stray. Uh, coworkers will stray. Bosses will stray. And sometimes folks got to get out there and get a few knots on their head to realize how good it was. And a lot of times, saints, we, we want to protect our children from these things. And a lot of times we're like that older brother. Hey, he didn't have to go out there and get his head knocked around. He could have stayed here where I stayed. And a lot of times, saints, we are like that. I didn't do nothing to her. Why should I forgive her? I didn't say what she said. I'm not going to forgive her. I know what she did to me. I know what he did to me. I'm not, I'm, I can forgive, but I can't forget. So a lot of times, saints, we, we're not like that, Father. We have to really check ourselves. Because it's so easy to see the faults of others. But I think Pastor says often that look where he brought me from. See, we can see the faults in others, but we don't see saints that we're that son that got out there. We're that hard-headed one that want what we want, and we don't care how we get it. And then we get out there, saints, and we forget that God was merciful to us. Why can't we show that same mercy? Yeah. Why, if he forgave us of all we did, and some of us really did, if God forgave us and welcomed us in, why can't we welcome that person back into our life? Amen. Why do we hold on to what was done to us? Why is what was done to the flesh so important more important than salvation of that person that we would rather they stay out there in the cold than to welcome in where you got a fire going, you got food. Nah, you went out there, you stay out there. You cussed me out, you told me this and that, so you stay away from me. So a lot of times, saints, we need to look at, hold that mirror up and look at ourselves. Are we the father? Or are we that prodigal son? Or are we that brother? Yeah. And right now, saints, each and every one of you, you're one of those people. Whether you want to believe it or not, you may say you're not, you may think you're not, but right now, God may be throwing something up in your mind of a person that you haven't forgiven, of something you're holding against someone. Uh, uh, anger that you're still holding on to. A person that has tried to come back and you wouldn't let them. So you're either the father 
you're the prodigal or you're the brother. Amen. Um, Nate, do you have anything to say or overseer? Anyway, both of you guys is, uh, are speaking at the same time. Um, let's do Swindell first, and we'll come back to Nate. They told you to go ahead, overseer. I can't hear. Can you put them close to the speaker? Yeah. I was thinking about the brother that stayed at home. You know, sometimes we are like them. A lot of us, you know, we are we holding a grudge because somebody has wasted their living and went out there, and God has brought them back in, and we envy them, and we are complaining about, hey, you know, I didn't go nowhere. You went out there and did all that, and you better to him than you are to me. Yeah, I've been with you all these years, and you ain't give me nothing. So some of us are self-righteous in that aspect. And we need to look at both of those sons and see which one are we guilty of. Amen. Amen. Nate, your turn. I'm reading First Thessalonians. They have a lot of stuff in there regarding just what the scripture were. And it was stating what I got out of it was uh, how to live a quiet life. It's not necessarily easy all the time. Did you guys hear that? Yes. Yes. Amen. Now, what does he mean by a quiet life? Well, that's when Paul was uh, locked up in, in the jail over there and the, the other churches was having issues. So so uh, he, when he starts sending the Titus and those people around to carry the message, a lot of people was against him. But to, to uh, for the Christians, we're supposed to mind your own business and try to live a quiet life. Mm. I, don't, I don't get it. We're trying to understand, Nate. Everybody's like glued to the screen, trying to understand how the quiet life pertains to the prodigal son. Well, I, I took it as that, uh, you know, sometimes you can tell mm -hmm. some people going to listen and some people uh, won't. But uh, if you just read First Thessalonians, it's, it's only a couple pages of it. And I read that last night, and that's what I got out And to, to try to, to uh, a Christian supposed to be trying to live a quiet life because he shouldn't get into any arguments with people and all that kind of stuff. Because a lot of people, when you tell them something, if they're not glued into what you were talking about, they're not, they're not going to give you any respect anyway. Mm. Mm. I think. From where he's going, it's a it's how you're you as from a father's perspective. Um, Proverbs says, Proverbs twenty two and six starts off that you start your children off right. In other words, train up a child. And I think when Nate is saying that, even though we're trained up right from the beginning, if that father's done his job there's always a chance that that child is like pastor said, he's got a rebellious spirit. Mm -hmm. Even though they were brought up right, 
they still have that rebellious spirit in them. And a lot of the time we did everything. I heard parents say all the time, well, I did everything I could. You've done everything you could. That don't make you a bad parent. But sometimes kids have a tendency to just go the way they gonna go. And you say, where did that come from? So a lot of times it ain't, but it, it scripture also says to train up a child and when he's old, they gonna come back to what you taught them. So even though they may stray, even though they may have that wild spirit, your words are still ringing in their ears. That like that child, he sat there and thought, man, I'm out here with these hogs when I could be, you know, at my father's house eating good food to spare. Even the slaves had food to, to take away and give away. So a lot of times it's like Pat said, you get to the bottom of your barrel and you realize what you have. Right. And what I what I seem kind of obtained from the quiet life, I see it as being the opposite of the prodigal life. Because it, they entered the scripture introduced the son as being prodigal, which is loose, which is loud, which is is wild, and the father is not introduced as that, which means he obviously is wiser and living a more quiet life. That's what I got. Father Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, we understand that it's a parable. But we're 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 talking from two different, um, three different places, three different angles. But right now we're going to try to keep it where we are. We're talking about Father's Day, <laughs> yet we know the parable can be related to Jesus too. We see that as that. Hallelujah. But right now we are we are here to to grasp the understanding that comes from the Father, also. Amen. Okay. Well, I don't know if any of you would like to share this message with some of your family members or so forth, but it has been recorded. 